Hi, my name is Dr. Patricia Morogami. Welcome to your next best self. I know you might be wondering, who's this Dr. Patricia Morogami? Well, I'm a leadership catalyst, a leadership coach, an educator on matters to do with life, leadership, love, and legacy. And I hope that as you start to listen in and practice some of the leadership insights we'll be sharing here, you'll begin to see your next best self. Welcome back to your next best self podcast with me, Dr. Patricia Morogami. One of the most important opportunities I have had in 2021 is the chance to serve as the chair of the Clean Start Board. And what I have learned during this period and season of serving in such a noteworthy and noble endeavor, a social enterprise that is out to ensure justice is redefined and that women, children and girls get their day out there and that we stop criminalizing poverty. There've been so many deep lessons and this inspired me to start off this particular series of podcast conversations with some of my colleagues at Clean Start. Today, I have the absolute honor and pleasure and joy of having this conversation with Ciprin Omolo. And Ciprin is the Coffee African Program Lead and Head of Internal Affairs at Clean Start. She's a formerly imprisoned woman and she's very passionate about women becoming leaders and taking their own growth and development right from the grassroots level. Since Ciprin was released from prison in 2015, she's received training at the African Leadership Institute for Community Transformation, ALICT, at Stellenbosch, South Africa. She's also attended the Global Change Leaders Program at St. Xavier University in Canada. She is also a global thinker mentee for 2021. Congratulations, Ciprin. And she's currently getting her coaching accreditation from the International Coaching Federation, something we have in common of being coaches and in the process of helping others grow. Ciprin, I want to thank you for accepting my invitation. Welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Patricia. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be part of these conversations and to just see how best we can continue to support the community of women we serve. And that is the form formerly imprisoned women who we are so passionate about. Um, thank you so much. You're most welcome, Ciprin. So in your own words, who would you describe Ciprin as? Okay, so Ciprin, and they like calling me Cipi. <laughs> I'm a mother, I have a daughter. Um, she is um, now 10 years old. Uh, she is called Sulwe, she's a star. Sulwe means star. And um, I'm very passionate about women and working with women. And I'm also born again, I love the Lord so much. Um, I love to, to, to sing uh, and when things are tough um, and sometimes when I don't know which direction to take, uh, I go back to my small little place where I sing and then I'm able to find my bearing once again. And so that is who Supreme is. I'm very simple, social, loving and kind in my own words. Thank you. That's absolutely true. That was exactly my my um, experience of you when I first met you 
open, kind, generous. And when I see the kind of work you're doing, and, and both in Coffee and Clean Start, and you'll tell us a little bit about Coffee, I, I can see you using those strengths and those that personality that you've been endowed with. So Sifi, what happened, um, you know, for you to get imprisoned? And, you know, what are some of the lessons that came out of that painful experience, yet an experience that probably turned you around for a trajectory you'd never imagined that's better than what you may have planned? Thank you, Dr. Patricia. Um, in 2012, uh, when I was going about my duties, and this morning, uh, two police officers walk into my place of work. And when they walked into my place of work, they tell me they have come for me and they're going to take me to Kiambu police station. And when that happened, first of all, it was not a huge shock because I knew that I had a, a, a pending court case that was going on. This pending court case came about because uh, my husband became very sick. He had a heart condition and we were in and out of hospital for close to two years. Uh, this um, ate into my finances and my savings and I got into debt. So I started looking for other means and ways to find an income and to make the home stable. I, I realized from learning from my parents, I always felt that the woman should be strong enough. And when I was going through this, I went through this alone. So I was alone fighting the storm alone taking care of my husband and just wanting to make sure that everything goes right, goes on right, holding on to hope, hoping that things will get better. And each and every day I prayed that things for things to get better. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So my husband became, my husband passed on. Uh, when he passed on and I had gotten into debt, I had done a business deal with some of my friends that didn't go very well. And I had put in 300,000 and my friends had also put in 300,000. Um, so when these people I was doing a business with conned me of the 600,000 shillings, making me go further into debt, it was such a difficult time. And so um, my friend didn't understand and took me to court. I was able to pay him back 200,000. So I had a balance of 100,000. Remember that um, the police officers had already come to pick me at my place of work. Therefore, I had no job. And so I told him when I get a job, I'll be able to pay you back their balance of 100,000, uh, which didn't um, come to frustration because I, I couldn't get a job. I already had a court case that was pending. So even when I tried to look for a job, it was not possible to get a job. Uh, so it took time. And unfortunately, in uh, 2015, I now was put into prison because of the 100,000 that was pending. Um, and I spent a period of six months at Langata Maximum Women's Prison. But the greatest lessons come when I sat at the prison, at the remand section, because the only thing I could do during that time was read anything and everything that came my way. So even if it was a newspaper for 2011, that was something that I wanted to read, to get my mind out of that place. Because when you're in the remand section, there is nothing you're doing for 24 hours. I spent sleepless nights patched on a bucket reading because that is the only way I could keep sane. And so those uh, realizing that these women, there's nothing that they are doing 
um, the cry of my heart was, I always say that when I get out, I need to do something. And so the challenge inside for the Remandis was that there was nothing that they were doing. But when I left prison, the journey was even tougher. So I don't have money. I'm living with relatives. I'm dependent on people. That became very difficult. That became very difficult. But remember, even as I was telling you, Dr. Patricia, that there are women on the inside who were sitting down for 24 hours without nothing to do. That was in 2015. And I believe that uh, things have slowly changed within the criminal justice system. And now the remandees uh, can go to the library, can, can, can do some of the rehabilitation programs that have been brought into the prison. But it is such a difficult time. Uh, and being that I was in what they are calling the outside court. So I used to go to Kiambu for one week, Kiambu, Kiambu police station for one week. When you're at the police station, there is no door at the bathroom. The toilets are very dirty. You are showering there and the men, the men's cell is just next to the place where you're showering. So it was, and so what we used to do is to make sure that somebody, one of the ladies stands at the door and waits on you as you shower so that she can also shower as you wait on her as she showers. Or you would wake up very late at night, um, maybe like 3 a.m. Then you go shower and then you come back uh, to the cell. Remember you're sleeping on the floor because there's no mattress and you are uh, locked up in a cell for, for the whole day. Uh, that was not very interesting. And so at that time, what I could, I could talk to the women who we were with, some of whom we have formed friendships up to this day. They're part of the, of the coalition and the, and, and the work that we do at Clean Start. I used to encourage them. Um, for me, I found solace in reading and talking and speaking and sharing um, what we will do when we go out. So I kept hope alive. I kept I kept telling myself, this is not the end, that I'll, I'm going to go on the outside and I'm going to make a difference. Uh, and so the lessons that I learned are, are, are many, that uh, it doesn't matter what you're going through. There is always an expiry date and it will come to an end. It will not last forever, but there is a day that things will change. Something will happen. All you have to do is to keep hope alive, to keep uh, your mind on the outside. That is why I kept reading. I kept reading. I kept reading to take my mind out of this prison, but to take it outside. And even when I go to prison, every every time I go to prison, most of, one of the things I tell them is that they can imprison you, but they cannot lock your mind. So you can always make sure that you think of those good things. Think about what you want to achieve. So my mindset is what kept me going during those six months, Dr. Patricia. That's so powerful. They can imprison your body, but not your mind. You know, the fact that you're an avid reader, you know, there's a wise man who said, you know, reading is exercise to the mind. You know, many people are very healthy. They walk and exercise, but sometimes they don't exercise their mind. And listening to you and what you chose to do, despite the circumstances, showed that what you fed your mind with had a very big impact on how you viewed the situation and how you were able to pick up those lessons even as you got out. 
So when you got out, how did you start to reintegrate and how, how did you get to where you are at now? Now, this is the huge challenge. You always think that when you're in prison, that it is, um, it's difficult. When you leave prison, there is another prison on the outside. That's society. You cannot get a job. You don't have money to start a small business. You don't have um, uh, friends. The friends that you had when you're going, before you went to prison are no longer there. I am very happy because I had a, I had, I had a supportive family. My daughter, who I'm still trying to rebuild a relationship with today, stays with my sister. Not because, yes, I, I, I can get to see her as many times as possible, but sometimes it actually feels selfish because my daughter then created a beautiful bond with my, with my niece. And so they become like a big sister and a small sister because there was a period I was not there. And my sister took over and ensured that my daughter went to school and ensured that my daughter was clothed and fed. And that is how she stayed. And when I left prison, I could not just go and pick her because I was still trying to rebuild my life. And so when I rebuilt my life and now I feel like I can have her, I still can't just go and get her. And so it has been a journey of just trying to, 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 to rebuild myself. And it, is, and it still continues. In the reintegration process, um, when I left, I started looking for organizations that came into prison and said that we will um, journey with you. Uh, there's a song that I composed and I sang and people felt that it was a very good song. And they told me, oh, when you leave prison, we will help you record this song. That never happened. I went looking for these organizations and there was none. And then in the process, I remember one of those days I had seen Teresa. She came into prison in one of those talent days, the, the shows that we have in prison. She came into prison and um, I reached out to her. When I reached out to her and she told me we meet at Jivanji Garden. So that was the first time we were meeting with Teresa. And she only had the idea. She just had uh, this amazing idea of how we will be able to, to, to grow. And this is, now I felt I had somebody else who understood where I was, where I am at. And that is how we started the journey with Teresa. So I, I just continued she, when she said that, okay, let's go to prison. We went to prison. Cyprien, uh, go share your story here. I will go share my story. That is how slowly by slowly we started um, the, the, the organization. And it is amazing to see that it has grown. The little steps, the little effort, the meetings at Jivanji Gardens have transformed and become something that we, people can now see and, and say, okay, fine. This, this is what is happening. And interesting enough, we started with so many people. But because they could not hold on to, there was no perseverance. There was maybe they could not see what we are seeing. They dropped off. But for the few people who continued and journeyed, now we are here to see to it that we make the journey for an imprisoned woman leaving prison less difficult than we found it. Yes, we had family support. Most of the women who leave prison do not have family support. They are the, they are the, the lowest in the society. They are the ones who cannot even read and write. 
They are the ones who are um, overlooked and vulnerable. But we, uh, Teresa and I, sometimes we even say we don't look like formerly imprisoned women because we had a, such a support system around us. We started reintegrating back to society and we are here now. Thank you so much, Cyprin, for sharing that experience and how reintegration is difficult. You know, when you talked about the fact that the bathrooms don't have doors, that is inhumane. It is inhumane. And I'm so excited that so many corporate leaders listen to this podcast, so many teams who, as we are getting to the tail end of the year, are wondering how they can give back. I think it's a very powerful testimony right there of how getting in and getting out requires a lot of psychosocial material support to ensure that people are able to get out and not go back in. And so I noticed that you're you're planning to be a coach and you do a number of things at Clean Start. And I find that fascinating. And what I wanted to ask you is how have you continued to keep your mind and your heart focused on your journey ahead and becoming your next best self and not giving into the temptation of self-pity of, oh no, I can't do this, especially since it was life altering for you, it was family altering, but you've risen above that storm. So how do you continue working, moving towards you becoming your next best self and helping others continue to do so, both at the coalition as well as in Clean Start? Thank you so much, Dr. Patricia. Um, One thing that I decided, professionally, I am trained as an animal health uh, assistant. So I've done animal production as a course. (laughs) But it is very funny that I am now dealing with human beings, and this is a space I love. So um, when I realized that this is the direction I'm taking, I decided to ensure that I, I, I learn as much as possible on and take on leadership trainings and that is that is that is something that uh, I'm always uh, looking and making sure that I apply for those opportunities whenever they arise any opportunity or training on leadership or on making myself better like I'm doing something with the, the African civic engagement program and that is um uh, the African civic engagement program from um, University of Georgia and uh, so when these opportunities arise, for me, it is to learn, 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 and learn. Because the only way I can be better and to be able to support the women that I work with better is if I have the information and the information that is uh, that I can pass on to them so that they can also be leaders. One thing I believe, Dr. Patricia, is that um, if you have the opportunity or you're in a in a space where you can hold the hand of one person to make them be better than they were yesterday, then make maximum use of that opportunity. And for me, that is what I envision and I see even as we build the coalition. We we started off not knowing that, uh, we started off going to prison to pick the women, wondering what we will do, uh, because you, you you understand that when you are integrating and you don't have a support system, then the chances of you going back right into the system are very high or going back to what you know best, crime, chances are very high. So I am happy that today, Cyprin doesn't have to go to prison to pick a woman who's living, 
that there are chapter leaders who will wake up and go and pick that woman and make sure that that woman is stable and that woman is going somewhere to a home, a friend's home, is going back to their home or going back to a relative's home. And that chapter leader will follow up on that woman and make sure that this woman is in a is in a circle of healing. So that really inspires me because I don't have to do it. And that shows that we are raising uh, the women. We are raising chapter leaders who can be able to help us do this work. We at Clean Start, the few we are, we cannot serve the thousands of women who come out of the system every day. But if we make sure that the women that we are serving are able to serve other women, and the ones who have been served can then again take on the mantle and serve other women, then we are building, we are scaling up and making the Lord lighter even for us at Clean Start. That is wonderful. Cyprian, I want to thank you so very much as we come to the tail end of our conversation together the internal communications work you're doing, as well as the advocacy work and the lifting others in a very systematic way at Clean Start and Coffee is work that will bear a lot of fruit now and in the future. May your husband's soul rest in peace. May your daughter continue to reintegrate with you. And we thank God a lot because you had your sister and her daughter, and that way they formed a family. Many women who go into prison do not get that opportunity. So I thank God with you. And I also want to wish you the very best and a lot of courage to keep raising your heart as you become your next best self. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Patricia. It was wonderful uh, having this chat with you. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity and really, really appreciate Thank you for the support you even give us at Clean Start for the work that we do for the women, children, and girls impacted by the criminal justice system. You're most welcome. I want to say many times I ask myself, if we don't do something for people who may never thank us, then what's the point of the gifts, the resources, and the platforms that we have? Ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to this podcast, I want you to feel visibly and comfortable to the point that you challenge yourself, your family, your corporate, your team. What are you doing to support, elevate, and enable others who may never thank you become their next best selves? If you're wondering where to send that money, where to give that support, what kind of corporate partnership you would like to engage with us at Clean Start, look no farther because Cyprian is going to share in a few minutes the website that we can get in touch with and the telephone number that you may want to contact us with so that Clean Start may continue to grow. And the work that Cyprin has shared together with the previous podcast um, guests can actually continue beyond our lifetime. Cyprin, how can they contact Clean Start? Uh, our contacts, you can go to our, web, our website, www.cleanstartkenya.com. Org. So www.cleanstartkenya.org. There you will find our contacts, uh, our address, our social media pages, and how you can be able to support in the different programs. Thank you so much. Without further ado, I want to say thank you so much, CP, for sharing your story with such vulnerability, for turning that pain into progress for so many other people and for continuing to grow. I especially like your learning agility and your thirst and hunger for growth. 
that is what will take you much farther than anything else you continue to focus on because by learning you have the ability to then help others and to continue in that spirit of excellence may you continue becoming your next best self thank you thank you